All right, Fiscal Focus Time brought to you as always by InfoChoice, your choice of information on Australian consumer finance. So this week, we're actually talking about the costs of having and raising kids uh, with Anna Krasina, who's the author of the new book, Kids Ain't Cheap. G'day, Anna. Welcome to the Savings Tip Jar. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for joining us, Anna. So um, you, your book kind of detailed this in obviously more detail, but just broadly, um, what's the sort of overall cost of kids, say, raising them from birth to age 18 or whenever you kick them out of the home? Yeah, so there's not a lot of recent data, unfortunately, but the data says that if you have two kids, it's around $893,000. Wow. So around 450 k to raise one kid approximately. And that's just the cost of a kid, let alone all those other hidden costs that you might have as well. It's pretty incredible when you think about the you know, opportunity costs there. Like, what could you be spending that money on instead? Uh, if if you, you chose not to have kids, you know, you could be living in, in mansions and driving Lamborghinis and stuff. So <laughs> that's it's pretty scary when you put it like that. Um, Anna, what are, what are some of the, um, you know, the, the more surprising or unanticipated uh, costs? You know, we were saying off air before, um, you know, I'm actually having a kid uh in well it's supposed to be next month it's due um and yeah when i was scanning through the book there were a few things that even i hadn't thought of as well as someone who's quite involved with finance um so yeah what, what are some of the the more unanticipated costs of raising kids? yeah the op- the obvious costs are, you know, things like diapers, new furniture, um, school, and so forth. Th- those are the obvious costs. But then there's a lot of hidden costs because if you have kids, you need to transport them to and from school and whatnot. So there's transportation costs. You're going to need more space potentially. So you might have to move into a bigger rental or a house that's going to cost you more money. Um, there's also electricity and energy costs that you're going to need because, you know, we got to keep them cool or warm depending on where in Australia you're living. And those are all just hidden costs that come um, with having a kid. But then there's additional costs that people don't often think of, especially if you're a parent planning on taking parental leave, which is predominantly women here in Australia. Um, There's the hidden cost of how that's going to affect your career, your earning capacity, and then your super as well. So women earn around $136,000 less in their super over their working lives. And they're around $150,000 below what is considered necessary for a comfortable retirement. And women are more likely to end up in poverty or homeless as well. And a huge part of that is because they do take on a lot of the child caring responsibilities. So that's just another hidden cost when it comes to your financial planning. And Anna, um, you, you kind of mentioned off air as well about the you know childcare costs, soaring childcare costs, and lack of support there. Um, you know, how much of a cost burden is it for families nowadays? And um, you know, there's things like work from home, which may ease the burden a little bit, but it only seems like prices are going up. So, what? How can families mitigate this cost? Um, and what can be done at a more, um, I guess, policy level to um, make it cheaper for for parents who are expecting? Yeah, um, childcare costs or early childhood education and care is around 100 to $200 a day. There's a subsidy that goes towards that as well, but it really depends on a lot of things such as your earning capacity, how many hours your childcare um, is open for, um, and, and so forth. And so this is a very kind of complex system already. And there's a lot of organizations that are trying to change the policy around this. How do we make it more affordable? And a big part of that is how do we subsidize subsidize parents who have children in early childhood education? Because the thing is, if we can support parents 
then more people will be in the workforce. There, um, There's more support for those parents going back, especially women who are taking time off and so forth. So the way that people can kind of think about it is looking at the cost of early childhood um, education as a holistic cost for the family and seeing what days you could go back at work. Because for a lot of people, they can't justify going back to work because all of the money that they'd be making from their job would go straight to childcare costs. But if you're thinking about also getting your super, getting ahead in your career and um, your earning capacity, it might be worth it. So there's a lot of numbers that need to be budgeted for that cost as well. And tell us a little bit more about yourself and um, whether there was anything particular that inspired you to write this book. Yeah, for me, um, uh, during parental leave of my second kid, I realized that I wasn't eligible for paid parental leave and for the childcare subsidy. And it was because I decided to sell some shares to purchase, um, to help us purchase a new house because it was uh, in, in the middle of COVID. And I, even though I was trying to plan and do all these things financially correct, what ended up happening was I was ineligible for that subsidy. And I realized that there are all these weird and hidden rules that if if you're not across all of the policies and everything in place, you might be thinking you're making the best decisions for your family, but in fact, they might be impacting you, which is what led me to be like, I need to write this down. Other people need to have ideas around this so that they can plan better for the biggest uh, transition in their life, right? You are learn earning less, but spending more because you now have a new person you have to look after. And that was a huge reason why I wanted to write this book along with some of the mistakes that I found, but then talking to other families and how they navigated finances in their own lives. Certainly going to be a book for Dom to pay attention to in the next sort of month or two. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of that, uh, it, it's to your point there, it kind of seems like there's a bit of a a, a gap in, you know, like there's people who are earning low incomes who receive, you know, the lion's share of welfare. There's people who are on really high incomes that can afford to pay childcare and all the private school fees and, and whatever. But there's a kind of like missing middle where people's needs aren't really addressed. And this kind of feeds into my next question. So it's more of a psychological one. But how do you avoid the sort of keeping up with the Joneses effects mentality in parent land? It seems like it's rife you know anywhere from the best stroller you know you need to spend two thousand dollars on a, on a pram uh, clothes private school fees how do you avoid that because it can become a bit of a sort of um, cost spiral i guess it's a hard thing to do there's a whole chapter in the book that talks about parental money mindset and a big part of that is values trying to sit down think about how you were raised what do you value when it comes to money and what do you value for your own family it's it's easy to get caught up in taking sensory classes and taking your kids to swimming and dance and soccer and so forth. But the real thing is, as a parent, you need to think about what do you value and what's most important to you? Because paying for school fees and private school fees might be something you really value. Or you might be someone who wants to do, you know, camping trips with your family and spending money on, and time on that you might value more. So it's really important for you as a parent to sit down and think about what do you value for your family and try to, you know, put blinders on when your neighbors are, you know, installing a pool. I don't know. That's a very extreme example of spending money. But nonetheless, um, trying to really think about what's important for your family as opposed to getting caught up in all the activities and extracurricular things your child can do. 
Nana, just another question about mindset. Um, you said in the book how, you know, when you're in your 20s, you weren't really thinking at all about, about having kids. And then when you hit your 30s, you, you suddenly had that mindset change where uh, you, you decided you really wanted to have kids. Um, I wonder, this must happen to a lot of people. And do you think it really hampers their preparation, maybe setting themselves up financially to be in a position to, to have kids when it is so sudden, that change? Yeah, well, a lot of people don't expect to fall pregnant. Um, that is a thing that that it's a surprise. And if you're not prepared, it might be a hard thing to navigate, whereas others are um, do want to plan. But then there are other hidden costs like fertility costs that they didn't account for. So I think holistically, if we can set ourselves up to be in a better financial situation as individuals, it'll be easier for us to then plan for our our families as well. But if you can't do that, there are little things that you can do to try to reduce your expenses and save as much money as you potentially can. Because once kids come into the picture, things do get much more expensive. It's harder to save, it's harder to invest, it's harder to put money aside. So if you can plan as much as possible ahead of time, that's probably the best way. It's easy to plan these things, but sometimes life throws you a curveball. Um, but we'll talk more now about a kind of more philosophical debate around the falling birth rate. Um, why aren't people having so many kids anymore? Um, you know, with governments having to like essentially import people to keep up the, the kind of growth. Um, and what, what ramifications does that have for society slash the economy? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. As we've seen birth rates kind of drop, a huge part of that is cost. Kids are really expensive, and we especially see that in early education costs. That's the biggest hit that families usually experience because it's a little bit more dispersed afterwards. So there are policies that could kind of come into play to make it better. There's also... Um, it, the questions around cl uh, climate issues and people wanting to be more environmental when it comes to choosing to have children. And we have to kind of think as a society of what do we actually value as well, right? If we value increasing our birth rate or keeping it at a certain level, then the government's going to have to put money in places where they're going to support parents who want to have kids. Otherwise, it's going to be um, continue to fall. And, you know, the government's going to have to make new decisions. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a major challenge for a lot of that a lot of um, you know Western countries are facing at the moment with those falling birth rates. Um, mm -hmm. I know this has been a very insightful discussion. Really appreciated your time running through all this. Obviously, for me personally as well, um, there's a lot of things for me to learn in this space too. So, uh, thank you so much for for your time on the Savings Tip Job podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Anna.